You're listening to American Timelines by History for Jerks, the greatest podcast ever. Did like eight irritating things in a row into the microphone. You're so irritating. Name seven of the irritating things. You shake somebody's hand when they're trying to take a drink of water. Well, I, I, I'm greeting them. You pull the car forward when somebody tries to get in the car. <laughs> That's not a dick move. <laughs> There's several. I could go on and on, but I'm not going to. You're not gonna. We need because we need to begin and we get the show on the road. Oh. All right. Okay. Well, Are you ready? Yes. Welcome to another episode of American, American Timelines. Timelines. I'm Amy. And I'm Dave Concepcion, Hall of Fame Cincinnati Reds catcher. That's Joe. I don't think he was a catcher. You're Joe. Dave Concepcion. You're not you anybody play? else. I'm Joe. My <laughs> name's Joe, and uh, we are a, a very a, a mediocrely attractive married couple mm-hmm. who've decided to save our marriage. We're going to create podcasts. Well, I don't know if I... This way we spend time together... I don't know if we're, I would we're go. We're creative. It fills our creative barn. But no, we're not making a podcast. We are making a podcast. That's to save the marriage, and so it also it, it, it lets us be together. And what we right. do is we go year by year. Yes. Uh, we we pick a year and we go through the whole year from January to December, and we talk about crazy things that happen. Yeah. Pop culture. Anything. And Amy really likes the weird murder crap. So I'm going to focus on one. She likes when people are sad and murdered, and so she'll give a timeline. She'll get into the timeline of the murder, and then we'll talk about, during that timeline, what else was going on. Like, what were the Huxtables doing, or Mm -hmm. what what, uh, was happening in sports. So that's why it's called American Timelines. All right. Some people are just joining, and they haven't gone back to the beginning, so they need a little recap. And so tonight, what year are we going to talk about? We are going to talk about the year 1987, 1987 when I turned 11. And I don't know. I became 11 years old. I was a big, I, have to, I don't know because I have to do subtraction. And in addition like is in your grade, head maybe, is easier than sixth, subtraction. Sixth grade, are you 11? I don't know. Fifth grade? The Beastie Boys. I was in fifth grade. License to Ill was the big thing then. They yeah. had the License to Ill tour. Right. Uh, they were... Um, they were banned from the Toledo Sports Arena because they oh. had a giant inflatable penis. That's pretty lame of Toledo. Stage. Yeah, Toledo was... Lame. It was lame. It was a small town. Yeah. All right. But anyway, before we get into the year, mm-hmm. the actual like calendar... Oh, you have a couple things There's like a dates. few things that are just like, these are 1987 things. And okay. It's hard to pin down the exact date. Okay. I understand that. 1987 was the, uh, the year of the... Uh, well, first of all, the, the Iran-Contra scandal yes. is, was throughout, so there'll be a little, I'll sprinkle little yep. Iran-Contra things in there. That's right. Uh, but this was the year of the uh, the PSA, the um, probably the most famous drug PSA ever. This is your brain on drugs? This is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? Yeah, it's a, it, it features John Rosselius uh, in a starkly furnished apartment who asks if there's anyone out there who still doesn't understand the dangers of drug abuse. He holds up an egg and says, this is your brain. 
before motioning to a frying pan and adding, this is drugs. In other words, this is your brain on drugs. Hold oh. on. He then cracks open the egg. I didn't realize it was this detailed. Fries the contents and says, this is your brain on drugs. Finally, he looks up at the camera and asks, any questions? I, I didn't realize it was a whole story. That like was that. the original. It was real long. Oh. And then they shortened it to just that, the short part with the egg. It's kind of a stupid, it doesn't make me go, ooh. There's a 10 second and a 15 second version. But does uh, that make you, even when you were that age, did that make you go, oh, drugs are bad? No, no. Everybody immediately mocked it and thought it was stupid. It. Yeah. Um, it did, uh, but TV Guide named the commercial one of the top 100 television advertisements of all time. And mm. Entertainment Weekly named it the eighth best commercial of all time. Isn't that stupid? That is weird. But there was some controversy. Okay. Nancy it, Reagan was smoking crack the whole time? N- n- maybe. Do you, are you, do you know something? That, well, she's, I'm just kidding. I mean, she's a non-drug person, but do you one. know that she was smoking crack? No, I'm oh, just making that were, up. Are you making an accusation? I'm are just you, saying, I'm just making it. I'm do you have evidence of... All right. That what I was going to say is the American Egg Board was not a, not happy with this. Oh, because it was abusive to an egg. <laughs> and no, they did. <laughs> they didn't want their product associated with the Drugs? unhealthiness of drug abuse. They oh. were they worried that young children might misinterpret the TV message and think that eggs were harmful. <laughs> I thought that they were offended that how they treated that egg. How they treated that egg. In they should have been nice to that egg. The egg like, board just makes sure people are careful with their eggs. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> the egg board just makes sure people don't accidentally get shells in their <laughs> scrambled eggs. <laughs> that's yeah. what they do. You fry oh it. Oh, my God. You are. Um, <laughs> gosh, right. you really aren't very intelligent. But uh, I, no, right. you're beautiful and smart. A um, couple other things. Okay. In 1987, there were only 22 California condors left on the planet. I remember that. All of them were caught to help preserve the species, and now there are several hundred. Yep, I remember that. Half of them are wild. How about that? We've done. We've made progress. California condor condors. Now they're yeah. now they're uh, flying down and eating Jessica Simpson's dog. Yeah, they're uh, they're. Anytime people humans fuck with it one way or the other. It's like... Something bad happens. It seems like it. Yeah, probably. Well, everything we do is ruining everything. Yeah. So. Um, also, uh, in 1987... <laughs> you like this one. At the height of their popularity in 1987, 22% of mattress sales in the U.S. were waterbed mattresses. Yes, that's so <laughs> 20, 1987. 22%. Yeah, that's 87. Oh I feel God. like 19, 1987, as I'm watch, I watched a bunch of videos about yeah. watch what was going on in sports and really music especially... It, just everything is so 80s and i feel like that was like the, epi- the it's like the epitome of 80s like i think like the seventh year maybe of every decade maybe we'll do this research i don't know mm-hmm. but maybe by the seventh year you're like it's everyone's just like okay full, this is what the 80s are ahead. we've figured out what the 80s are and let's yeah. just do 80s yeah 80s is crazy neon sh- shapes and well and i read some lights. stuff about that like crazy um, hair like feathered hair let's just do it the early 80s it was a lot more like beige and tan and the like the neutrals. 70s were still fading yeah, yeah and and then it was like cindy lopper and because if you think about what cindy lopper looked like back yeah. then that is pretty much all, that all crazy of makeup and that bright, bright colors on her face bright yeah. bright bright and that orange she hair really um and influenced and she's has like so cindy 85, lopper made 86, the 80s. 87 yeah she really changed the like the culture fashions wise that's what i'm trying yeah. to say well if you look at these these videos and we'll get into these i'm going to just as we talk about, it, like that's friggin', you couldn't be more eighties. Like yeah. Lisa, Lisa and Cult Jam had a couple top songs, and their videos are so just eighties. Like you can't even so look at them or take them seriously because right. they're so ridiculously eighties. Yeah, like, their feathered hair and all that. 
Um, so there's the water water beds is a big thing. So I think I, I feel like it was. I feel like it, sh- it should. It was probably even higher in the earlier '80s waterbeds, like '70s and '80s. This late says 70s. it was the height. The height of their popularity was 1987, according really? to really. So yeah. So I don't know. I felt like it was. Well, there weren't as many people I knew. Are you questioning? I'm thinking about the time in my life and how many people I knew that had waterbeds. It seems like when I was That's little, true. there was a lot That's more. True. Well, this is pop culture at us oh true so Never they could be wrong okay. I, mean, I don't know where they get all their knowledge but according to pop culture at us the height of their popularity of waterbeds was in 1987 i love that you love that a lot okay of as you recall from the end of 86 i don't know if you recall or not but uh the you remember what the billboard number one song was at the no. time the Bengals walk like an egyptian walk like an egyptian yes and so that carried over through to january 16th mm-hmm. so that's the number one song okay um and on Thursday, January, you know, Monday, January 5th. Get your glasses on for yeah. Christ's sake. Monday, January 5th, President Ronald Reagan undergoes prostate surgery. Didn't know about yeah, that. causing speculation about his physical fitness to continue in office. Yeah, I guess I do faintly recall something about that. Yep. And uh, so in, in sometime in January, too. Congress announces it's opening an investigation into the Iran Iran Contra affair. Mm-hmm. And you are you don't know, remember that? And know what it all? I is? think I know about it. Like they were trading arms for hostages or something. Yeah, that's what it ended up being basically. But, and but I don't think at the time I knew I heard I I heard it about it. Like, but I didn't understand it at all. I, at the time. I didn't understand any of it at all. Except mm-hmm. I, it was you know when you're a kid you just understand everything through your parents' eyes. That's so I right. Just, I just asked my dad. I remember seeing Ali North on TV. Yeah. And asking my parents like, "What's going on?" And my dad was, like, "Oh, that guy's just an asshole." And then on January 17th, we got a new number one song. Okay. Uh, the first number one song of 1987 was Gregory Abbott, Shake You Down. Mm, can't. You can't place it by the title. I no. Don't think. I couldn't. But no. when you hear it, it's no mistaking it. Well, what is it? What's it like? Well, here's the thing. I keep forgetting it. So I had wrote down the lyrics because I think I'll forget it. I'll remember it when I start singing it. Okay. Girl, I've been watching you. From so far across the floor now, baby. I, you're singing it so bad. New. I can't. I've watched you so many times. I can't. I can't sing this like, song. your singing is so bad. I can't. It's, See that look in your eyes? What it's telling me? Oh, well, well. Girl, I'm not that shy. You're blowing out that mic. I'm glad you picked up on my telepathy now, baby. No, it doesn't help me at all. Girl, I want to shake you down. No. I can give you all the loving you need. I can't. Your, your singing uh-huh, is so off Let key. me take you I, down. I have no idea what that song <laughs> I can't is. I sing at all. No. Here. You, uh, it's I mean, like, I can't believe you just sang for five minutes that a song like right that. You yet. can't sing it. What did I say? It's called Shake You Down? Yeah. I can't sing. I just can't sing. I don't know but, how to and sing. Yet you sing for about three minutes right now. <laughs> give me a all song the that you definitely you can't need. sing. I guess. I mean, it's not to me. It's not the epitome '80s song like you're saying. No, this one isn't. All the Lisa Lisa ones are. I'm just trying to see if you remember this. Song. Oh, I thought you were saying this was like. Okay, let's turn it off now. So that was Gregory Abbott. Shake you down. Okay. You remember him at all? He looked kind of like Gregory Hines. No. You don't remember that song at all? Not really. Hmm. No. The more I listened to it, the more I was like, God, I love 1987. Saturday, January 17th, that mm-hmm. same day that that became the number one song, mm-hmm. there was an episode of Piper's Pit with Rowdy Roddy Piper. 
Yes. And uh, President, the president, Jack Tunney, presented Hulk Hogan with a trophy. President of what? The president of WWF. Okay. It was a fake actor yeah. pretending to be president. Uh, he presented Hulk Hogan with a trophy for being the WWF World Heavyweight Champion for three years. Mm-hmm. Three years straight. And Andre the Giant, his good friend, came out to congratulate him. Yeah. But then cryptically made a statement to Hulk Hogan and said, all he said into the mic was, three years to be a champion, it's a long time. Who said that, Andre the Giant? Andre the Giant, and then he looked at Hogan, and Hogan like was like, what are you, what are you saying? And he shook his hand. Oh, and, then and they were both supposed to be it. good guys? Or yeah, no? they're both good guys. Andre the Giant was Hulk Hogan's best friend. Oh. And, Hulk, and Andre the Giant kind of squeezed Hogan's hand, Hogan was like, like oh. and, then, so and then Andre like stormed off. Like He was like, what, what in the world? Like He just came to congratulate him, shook his hand, and so his stupid. hand hurt. So there's... More to this story, and we'll just kind of. Oh, okay. This is a timeline. Okay. An American timeline. I know. Of a, of I get a, it. Of a rivalry. A timeline of a rivalry is what that is. All right. So that's what happened on January 17th. Okay. And then Thursday, January 2nd. Um, do, do you remember the song? If you went from the 17th to the 2nd? 22nd? I thought you said the 2nd. Thursday, January 22nd, okay. 1987. Okay. <sighs> you said 2nd. I love you. I probably did. I say things wrong sometimes. I know. So I'm just this trying to. This is my to third beer. I'm drinking a delicious Kolsch German-style ale okay. from Sierra Nevada. This is delicious, actually. So, Andy, uh, my brother, bought that for me. He likes me. Oh, okay. So, do you remember the song, Hey, man, nice shot, which was like in the 2000s or 90s? No. Anyway, they, this song was inspired by this event. Okay. Robert Bud Dwyer. You don't know who this is, do you? No. Robert Bud Dwyer. You've been promising me this is a good one. Is, if, this, if you don't like this, we're getting divorced. Hmm. He was the treasurer for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. He, okay. sh- he shot and killed himself at a live press conference <gasps> on TV. January 22nd, 1987, Dwyer called a news oh conference God. in the Pennsylvania state capital of Harrisburg where he killed himself in front of the gathered reporters with a, by, with by, sh- by shooting himself in the mouth <gasps> with a 300, 357 Magnum revolver. Dwyer's suicide was broadcast later that day to a wide television audience across Pennsylvania. <gasps> You're kidding. Yes, and it's on YouTube. Did you see it? I tried to watch it twice. I looked away both times. I couldn't. I saw him pull the gun out. He pulls the gun out of an envelope. It's yeah. a huge gun. You know, a Magnum. It's a, And he, all you see, you don't hear the whole press conference and everything, but he seems, it seems like it's going to be just a regular, oh, he's making sure all these yeah. guys. Where's Bill? Is Bill here? Okay, where's Dave? Make sure Dave's up here. Dave, yeah. come up here? Okay. And then he, like, pulls out an envelope, and then everybody's just like, <gasps> what? And then it's just like, Cass, what are you doing, huh? And they're like, no, 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 no. And everybody starts yelling yeah. no at him. And I, at this point, I looked away. And I guess there's pictures he did, of him. He put the gun in his mouth? He puts it in his mouth and blows his head off, like right on TV and everything. Everybody's screaming and yelling. So I have I watched it up until he pulls the gun out. And I look. I you look don't see over. him put it in his mouth? You if I you can see it. But I, you do. You're, I know. You're, I I'm think. You didn't see I didn't. It. I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. I yeah. looked away. Now, I can watch that old you man. Could, did you hear it? Yeah. Oh, I heard it all. Yeah. <clears throat> and then yeah. I guess that he falls down and they. But I. Uh, I uh, I can watch that old man comedian die from a heart attack a hundred times. That's fine. But it was this. But it's the blood and the gore yeah. of somebody's head coming. You know, ugh. I'm sure it doesn't. It probably didn't see much though, because it's you, it's the back of the head that gets all the trauma from a. Mm. If you shoot yourself in the mouth. I don't. I don't. Ugh, ugh. But again, you love that kind of stuff. I don't. No, I don't say I'd love it. You do. You want everyone to kill themselves so you can watch. I just it fascinates me. But don't you wonder like what? Why did he do it? Like what it, happened? Yeah, I do. So I looked this up. In the early 1980s, Pennsylvania discovered the state workers had overpaid federal taxes due to errors in state withholding. Oh. Uh, and so many accounting firms competed for a, 
for a multi-million dollar contract to determine compensation to each employee. Mm-hmm. In 1986, Dwyer was convicted of receiving a bribe from the, Cal- uh, from the California firm that ultimately won the contract. He was scheduled to be sentenced on those charges on January 23rd, 1987, the day after his suicide. I mean, okay, so I, I get the suicide thing, but why in front of an audience like that? Oh, gosh. That yeah, blows my a, mind. That whole thing, like, why would you do why that? Why would you do that? I mean, that's like and, one of the most he, private, that should be one of the most personal moments of your life. Oh, if that, if well, he one made, of those moments. He made sure to, and like I said, at the beginning of the thing, he was like, where's Dave? Bring Dave up here. I want to make sure so, like he. Why was he doing that? I think he wanted to make sure, like not only on a press conference, he wanted to make sure everyone saw it too. Like he, wow, he made all those people come up there. I so he probably he was doing it on purpose. I think That's like he crazy. wanted to do it for as many people as possible. That's so insane. throughout throughout his trial and after his conviction, he maintained that he was not guilty of the charges levied against him. That he'd been framed. Uh, decades later, the prosecution's primary witness, William Trickett Smith, whose testimony was largely used to obtain Dwyer's conviction, stated in the documentary "Honest Man." Mm-hmm. Uh, the life of Arba Dwyer, uh, just as he did at the trial, that he offered Dwyer a bribe and that Dwyer accepted the bribe. He expressed regret for the decision to offer Dwyer a bribe and for the role it played in his death. That, that whole thing is just crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. And so that's... Wow. Um, and so the, the song Hey Man, Nice Shot was about that in the 90s. Yeah, I didn't hear, I, I don't remember that song. Hey man, nice going, nice shot, man. I don't know that one at all. That. You would know if you heard it. Robert Bud Dwyer. Saturday, the next Saturday, January 24th, 1987, mm-hmm. there's a new number song, number one song on the Billboard charts. All right. No more that one that we spent way too much time that yes. you hated. Yes. Billy Vera and the Beaters. Don't know it. Billy, what? I don't know that. Yes, you do. Well, tell me what the song is. At this moment. What? Would oh yes, think? I know that song. I would, I would do, do it. at this moment. Yeah, when you're standing before me, right? I get it. All right, let's eye. not a karaoke podcast. Try to tell me that you Honey, found you another. You're singing too much. You just don't love me okay. no more. You're, now, you're two singing about too much. This, two things about this song. Okay. Do you remember Mike Lashinsky in college singing this? Yes. He would yes. sing this at karaoke every single time. Yep. And he would kick the song's ass. Yeah. He was a great singer, and everybody loved it, and it just made everybody happy. Yep. But here is the big deal about this song. Okay. I remember this being huge in the 80s. I don't know if you remember that. Like, this was super huge all the time. Yeah. Uh, and and it was, like, on the radio all the time, and just, everybody loved it. But it originally was written in 1981, mm-hmm. and didn't do much on the charts at all didn't even get much recognition but then mm-hmm. in 1985 yeah the song was included on several episodes of the nbc sitcom family ties oh that's where we heard it during the 85 86 season as the love song associated with alex b Keaton oh and what's and her his name? girlfriend ellen yeah like they would dance like I, there's an episode where they dance they mm-hmm. dance and they they that's playing and they kiss i remember that was such a big deal that girl yeah i remember that episode when his shelf was falling and he like Runs over to hold it up, and they like their faces. Kiss under it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember that. Remember that so I think that was like at the beginning credits or something too, probably. But remember, she was like oh, that she was, was a special the, episode. She was the nerdy girl with yep, glasses, and I then do. she took her glasses off and was suddenly beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're married. Yeah, so, I know. You know that they yep. got married and they're still married. That's right. But um, so people, that's Tracy Pollan. That's why it was so popular because they had such chemistry. Yeah. Because they really were digging each other. And yeah, they love each other. Yeah. I fell in love with every single uh, We watched them actress. fall in love. Yeah, every actress I've ever been in a play with, I uh, fell in love with them. 
No, you didn't. <laughs> Ridiculous thing to say. Yeah, I have. Uh, oh, people heard that song okay. every time Ellen and uh, right and Michael J. Fox did it on yep. TV. And so people started calling radio stations like, what is that song? Uh-huh. Uh, can you play this song that was on Family Time yeah. last night? <laughs> like, they really did that. That's so and weird. radio stations were like, what are you talking about? You know, and so they figured out what it was. Mm-hmm. And then so the somebody bought that song from the original company or whatever and then re-released it and it went crazy uh and yeah so billy's right in the beaters that's cool that's cool and that same day that that became the number one song there was another episode of piper's pit just a week later and and president tony now decided to present andre the giant with a a, a trophy a visibly smaller trophy so than hulk hogan's trophy mm-hmm. so he gave hulk hogan a big giant trophy why is he gives the next day what, every <laughs> the other day he's just giving giving the trophies to people <laughs> he just gives trophies i just feel like i'm gonna give you a trophy but he's giving a smaller trophy to andre for being undefeated in the wwf for 15 years Ooh, no. so hogan be... was champion for three years so andre was undefeated for 15 years nobody beat him he got a smaller he got trophy. A smaller trophy so they had pissed him and off. so Ho- he was very happy he was accepting it and then hulk hogan comes out real quick and 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 to congratulate Andre and to say oh thanks so much, but then quickly Roddy Piper kind of turns to Hogan and starts interviewing Hogan. Hogan's talking. He's talking about how oh Andre was inspiration for me and he created Hulkamania. He made me what all I right. am. All I'm right, Hulk all Hogan. Right. I'm brother, brother. And okay. He, so anyway, so he's so invited, he's so interviewing Hulk Hogan and yep. into that that Andre just kind of puts the trophy on and storms off because like Hogan's making it about himself. He looks kind of uh-huh. mad. And so Hogan's just like, huh, what? I don't, I don't know why he did that, but uh, oh well, yeah, Andre's great. So that's it's so dumb. That's another I notch see. in the timeline yep. of the Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant feud. I don't know if the timeline of that is going to work. Nobody, I don't think it's going to really care about that. I'm just saying. Sunday, January 25th, 1987, the very ne- next day was the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, all right. Super Bowl, and I didn't, uh, I didn't write down which Super Bowl it was. I didn't put the Roman numeral. I forgot. Well, the Roman numerals go on for a day, don't they? Isn't it like real long? X V one 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 yeah. V X X X X. Isn't it? Yeah, but we're probably at Super Bowl twenty four. Why do we still use Roman numerals? Because it looks cooler. I mean, I. It looks cool. People think it looks cool, but once it gets too long, they stop using them. Right. Like now we're at Super Bowl 50, they just use 5 Do they? Nobody knows what. 50 is a Roman numerals. Is. Yeah, right. Like what was the deal? What's the deal with Roman numerals? It just looks cooler, I think. Wrestling does it too. Did they it? did it until uh, whatever WrestleMania they're on. Anyway, in the Super Bowl, uh, the Giants defeated the Broncos by a score of 39 to 20, mm-hmm. winning their first ever Super Bowl and their first NFL title since 1956. It was played in the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California. Phil Sims was the MVP, yeah. and he coined the famous phrase, I'm going to Disneyland. Yeah, yeah. Disney paid him to say that, and that's from then, oh. on, from then on every Super Bowl MVP said, that, said that. that and went to Disneyland. So you got two things you got to guess here, babe. All right. The uh, How much the Super Bowl ad cost um, and who sang the national anthem? The Super Bowl ad, I'm trying to remember what it was. Again, I never can remember. Um, I I'm gonna say it's five hundred. Oh my god, I'm so disappointed. Eighty thousand dollars. Totally wrong. What is it? Six hundred thousand. Hey, I was five hundred and eighty. <laughs> it's really close to six hundred. Yeah, but now we're talking about salaries. I'm I'm just saying that was a really close guess, and you That's acted like you acted like I was way out of the well. Ballpark. I just I I expect perfection from you. Okay, you can redeem yourself right now by guessing. 
who sang the national anthem in the 1987 right. so Super Bowl? Is it, give me a hint, a man and, or a woman? Your only hint is what? that uh, he wrote a song to a movie, and it's a man. And he wrote a song. Kenny Loggins. Nope. Well, <laughs> wrong. That's a great guess, though, because every one of his songs is for a movie. I know, but I probably he probably would never sing the national anthem. I can't oh, that's imagine. true. Kenny Loggins yeah. national anthem. <laughs> I don't think so. All right. Who is it? Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early oh, light. Oh, you being like, Kenny Loggins? Yeah, is that what you were doing? Yeah. Is that what that was? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> lose your blue. I see. Everybody good All right. Who was oh, it? Oh, say can you see All right, by the dawn's early light. All right. Who was it? You don't want to guess anymore? Well, it was in a movie. He he, he sang a song about a movie character. And it was uh, in the movie. And he's, like a, he's known as like a Vegas, like... A Vegas act. Barry Manilow? No, no we already had him. along those lines, though. Uh, oh, um, like just Tony like, Bennett? Cr- yeah, same kind of, just Wait. same vein. He's just like one Wayne of Wayne Newton? I don't know. You're getting there, yeah. I... Who's the only one left that's in that vein? I can't think. Neil, oh, Liberace? Neil Diamond. Oh, Neil Diamond. Yeah. yeah. Turn okay. on your heart light. Remember that song about E.T.? No. Turn on your heart light? You don't remember that? No. I do not. I don't remember that at all. In fact, You're I, don't joking, think that, right? I don't think that existed. Turn on your heart light? I have no memory of that. I didn't, my Neil Diamond. Do you remember, do you remember that E.T.'s heart glowed? Yes. I don't know this song. I don't think I've ever heard this song. All right. It sucks. It does. <laughs> Sorry, anyway, it sucks. But, by the anyway. way, Neil Diamond and Tony Bennett are not anything alike. They're all the same crap music. No, N- N- Tony Bennett was like the Rat Pack. He he was like more of a Frank Sinatra Crooner, sound. more of a crooner. But, yep. but then as he got older, he was more like that crap. Like all those guys are all I shitty. Don't think. I'm, I just, because he was in Vegas. Uh, okay, so you got that. He sang the National Anthem. He guessed it perfectly. So Andy guessed the ad perfectly. Yep. And on that same day in the Super Bowl, it was the debut of a uh, commercial that would be a hit sensation. Oh, what's uh, the? Where's the beef? No, oh. that was, we already covered that that's a few right. episodes ago. Oh, that's right. Spuds McKenzie made his first appearance. Oh, right. Remember Spuds McKenzie? Yes, he's the totally, dog. Totally eighties too. He is. There's first, people had t-shirts with him on, and it's not. Everybody had a t-shirt. Yeah, I had a Spuds McKenzie shirt. Yep. He first appeared in Bud Light beer advertisements, mm-hmm. uh, and it, so his likeness was on many household knickknacks. The dog was a bull terrier, mm-hmm. and was not without its share of controversy because shortly after Spuds' rise to fame, it was learned that the dog who portrayed Spuds McKenzie as a male in the commercials was actually female. Who gives a shit? Well, because he was like, all the women wanted to bang him. No. They were. It was like, that was the no. whole thing. It was like he had sunglasses on, was drinking a Bud Light, and like wi- women in bikinis it's were like, a dog. Oh, Spuds, we want to have sex with you. I know, we but. have sex with a dog. No, that's not. And then that, the controversy was, that's a female dog. That's That would be gay. No, that's not. That'd be gay if they that fu- if not they a controversy. Those, that dog. That was not a controversy. <laughs> yeah, people were more upset that they. No. That, Nobody was upset that they wanted to fuck a dog. Yeah. But they were upset that they would fuck a, a, a gay girl dog. dog. A, a gay, girl dog. A gay dog. A gay dog. <laughs> uh, but they were, they were also, the ads were, there were lots of attacks and calls for censorship by uh, temperance-oriented groups uh, because well, they thought it would encourage kids. Yeah, that's what I was thinking to about. To drink. Uh, like, Strom Thurmond thought, thought that it would make kids want to drink because beer. because they had that big joe camel got that remember that where it, there was a big thing about how you yeah could, joe camel wanted and they gave them smoke. a lot of flack for that but spuds mckenzie i don't remember anybody i don't remember oh, hearing or uh, yeah. but i guess they did yeah strom thurman did this whole thing and then uh 
by Christmas 1987, there was more legal action against Budweiser. Because I want to, I want to say there was even toys. Oh, probably it's stuffed animals. Stuffed and stuff. animals, yeah. Uh, but at Christmas, Budweiser had ads featuring spuds dressed as Santa Claus, which is illegal in states such as Ohio. Why? That you, you can't have dogs dressed like Santa Claus <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in Ohio? I guess. That's what, according to Wikipedia... <laughs> Don't dress your dog up like Santa yeah. Claus. According to Wikipedia, it is illegal in Ohio to, to have your... a dog dressed... I don't know if it's a dog or just anyone dressed as Santa. Like, you, nobody can dress as him. I don't know what the thing was. That is weird. Yeah. Uh, and the mothers against drunk driving were mad, too, because... Because it makes kids want to drink. Yeah, yeah. They're pitching the dog to children. And then... Uh, on Tuesday, February 3rd, Who's mm-hmm. the Boss was on, and that was one of the top 10 shows of the year. Yeah. Who's the Boss? In this particular episode, Samantha was very excited when Ray Charles, Angela's latest client, wants oh. to use a song that Sam's boyfriend, Chad, wrote especially for her. Oh. That is until she catches Chad cheating on her, that son of a bitch. And then she slices his head off and she shifts cuts down his, his neck. She cuts his dick off. Yeah, that's right. And feeds it to him. Yep. Melissa Milano. No, that didn't happen. No, nope. but Alyssa Milano, yeah, I had a crush on her all the time. I know you did. Sorry, you don't ever shut up about it. Well, I still have a chance with her. I've been, I've been sending her letters. You, you and her <laughs> and Punky Brewster. Punky Brewster had giant boobs. I don't know if we covered this. You, you, I don't know. If she grew up to have giant boobs. We have on this podcast, but you have Soleil Mon, Soleil Moonfry had you've lost a, it after her. She before. had to have a boob uh, reduction surgery, That's and right. they're still gigantic. All right. I don't think I've ever had a crush on Punky Brewster, but she had big boobs. She no, grew up. I think I've heard you tell me you thought she was. No, huh? not really. Not Bucky Brewster, no. She was pretty young on that show. Yeah, she was like one. No. She was a newborn. And then on February 7th, 1987, mm-hmm. Madonna took over the top oh. spot of the Billboard charts. And you love Madonna, so yes. do you know what song it is? Is it Open Your Heart to Holy crap, you got one right. That's exactly right. Baby, I should love when you hold the key. key. Open your heart to me, darling. You remember this video? You yes. You do? Yeah, she had black. Like, she looked hot. She had, like, real short blonde hair. Mm-hmm. And she wore all black, like a, a corset. And then With, like, heels. Light, light bulbs on her boobs or something? The no. The pointy, pointy yellow thing Yeah, that's boob. right. The Combs, tassels. The gold, golden tassels. Or something. And she, she's she in was, a peep show. Yeah. And There's she, a little boy that wants to see her. Yeah. And he can't get into the peep show. There's all these weirdos watching her. Yeah. Yep. She was hot. She looks gorgeous hot. in that video. But then at the end of the video, like she goes out and then she kisses a little boy in the mouth and then they dance. I know. So I do little, remember that part. A little pedophilia. Well, she always pushed the envelope. Yeah. Well, pedophile pedophilia was accepted in the eighties. <laughs> Pretty right. I guess. I don't it's know. It's not really pedophilic. I don't. Now know. it is. Now that there's all these teachers that bang kids, I think. It's oh different. yeah, I guess. Like back then, you never heard about a female. Yeah. Banging a kid. Right. Now and it's like. I don't every think that's what she was. She meant it to be saying. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure she didn't. She probably was just like flirting with him. Like, oh, I know he yeah. knows. He's got a schoolboy crush on me. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, that's pr- that was more what she was saying. Yeah. But that was when she first kind of, um, she came out with her body over, like her body makeover was that video. So she like she came out more, and she was shape. so toned and cut. And, and yeah, and that was the first time everybody saw that. And they were like, whoa. Well, that song was written for Cindy Lauper. Uh, but Ma- Madonna... Madonna rocks that song. Did it instead. Um, I'm not sure why. She rewrote it a little bit and then changed it for herself. Um, yeah. Madonna's very hot. That's when she was like, every video she made, 
She was different. Was, she looked uh, different. No, like groundbreaking, like counter, either yeah. controversial or like, whoa, what's going on? Like, it was like that whole year, mm-hmm. 87, between her and Michael Jackson. It was like, boom, 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 yeah. boom, 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 boom. Like, they went back and forth on those ep- two. Everything was epic and crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, Tuesday, February 10th, 1987. Yeah. While the rest of the Seavers spend the evening at home watching TV, mm-hmm. Mike and his pals, Eddie and Boner, they get invited to a party where cocaine is offered. Oh, they just say no. Christy Swanson guest starred to offer cocaine to Mike. Yeah, on well, you can see what it's show? The, it's that you know what show? Growing pains. Growing pains, right? That was you one of the top said that. ten. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. That's what you said at the top of it. You told me. No, I said while growing. the rest of the Seavers spend the evening at home watching TV. You said it Mike was on growing pals, pains. Eddie and Bo- No, I didn't. You did at the top. You did. I, I didn't. I yes, you did. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to guess it. <laughs> you guessed by boner. No, I didn't remember that. I'm gonna play it back. I don't think you did. You played back, and you totally did say on growing pains. You said it right before you started reading. <laughs> I did? Yes. Well, I love you anyway. All right. On Saturday, February 14th, 1987, Bon Jovi's Living on a Prayer uh, was the number one song. Way there. Oh, oh, living on a prayer. We wrote this song during the Reagan era to oh, make a commentary about trickle-down economics. Is it really? That's what he said. That's what Bon Jovi said. It was about trickle-down economics. Something about trickle-down <laughs> economics. Jeez. Tommy used to work on the dock. Yeah. Union's been on strike. He's down on his luck. He's Yeah, I guess so. So it's just about things being... And, but Tommy and Gina, who are both in the... Gina yeah. works at diner all day. Yeah. Uh, they uh, they also refer, were referred to in Bon Jovi's 2000 song, It's My Life, that Tommy and Gina come back. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't either. But this is like Bon Jovi's signature song. Like yes. It's known as the Bon Jovi song. Everybody knows. Big I hit. remember listening to that on the bus in 1987. Hmm. And then Thursday, February 26th of 1987, back to the Iran-Contra affair, mm-hmm. the Tower Commission rebukes U.S. President Ronald Reagan for not controlling his National Security Council staff. Is rebukes the right word for that? Yeah. Okay. They tell him he's weird. basically they, they tell him he's at fault. Right. They find him at fault. Okay. Um, and also I missed the date. I think February nineteenth, nineteen eighty-seven. Another episode of Piper's Pit, and Andre the Giant comes out mm-hmm. and meets up with Hulk Hogan, but he's with Bobby the Brain Heenan as, as his new manager. And Hulk Hogan's like, what are you doing with him, man? What are you doing with him? He's a bad guy. What are you doing? We're best friends. Come on, mm-hmm. what's going on? And Andre's like, I want to challenge you for your belt. And then he rips Hogan's shirt and his gold chain right off of him. Okay. And Hogan falls down bleeding because Andre kind of scratched him. And he challenges him, makes a challenge for WrestleMania. All right. Well, it's timeline can't of a wait feud. to get back to that. Timeline of an explosive feud between Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan, yeah. who were best friends, honey. Can't wait to see what happens It all unfolded on Piper's Pit. It's so unpredictable. It is completely. It's you know. It's I still to this day can't believe that I don't know that friendship went south. Wednesday, March fourth, nineteen eighty-seven, President Ronald Reagan addressed the American people on the Iran-Contra affair, acknowledging that his overtures to Iran had deteriorated into an arms for hostages deal. Mm. Well, American people, I have to tell you, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. but uh, I fucked up. Yeah, pretty much. And then on Monday, March 9th, 1987, the Beastie Boys' License to Ill album became the first rap album to hit number one in the Billboard charts. Well, there you go. I thought you said you were worried you missed it. I. You thought it was 86? Well, it was released in 86, but this was oh, the first time it number became one. number one. Yeah. That was a great album. That yes. made me 
that changed my life forever. I know. I had to start learning all the lyrics to songs. That's right. I love the Beastie Boys. And that album I played over and over and over and over from 87 through probably yep. 2017, yep. maybe? Saturday, March 14th, 1987. Mm-hmm. New number one song on the Billboard charts, Huey Lewis and the News. I want a new drug. No. I always You'll never guess this song because... That's the only one I ever guessed. No, this one, I don't remember this. And I, I consider myself sort of a... Power Huey, of love. Huey... We already did that I don't remember that. I, I consider myself a Huey Lewis in the News kind of enthusiast. Sore. Yeah. Jacob's Ladder. Nope. Remember that one? Nope. Um, it was written by Bruce Hornsby and his brother John Hornsby. This mm-hmm. is one where he goes, step by step. One, one by, by one. A little bit. Remember higher that. and higher. Step by yeah. step. So I don't think he ever says Jacob's Ladder, but yeah, I, I don't really remember was, that song. Yeah, but it was I barely about, remember it, too. It was number one. It's weird. And the video is just Huey Lewis in the News singing it. Yeah. I, that's on not, stage. not one I would think of right away. Yeah. Is that the one that, there's one video, he was in the news video, where they're all in bed with a woman, and she's asleep, and he's singing to her, but all of his band is in the bed, too. Yep, of, I remember a, that. You know, hurt her or something. <laughs> yeah. Not, doesn't hold up. Nope. Mm, rape's not funny. <laughs> Sunday, March 15th, mm-hmm. 1987, uh, another top 10 show, uh, someone is found dead after the engagement party for the offspring of two estranged comics. George Clooney's a special guest on Murder, She Wrote. Was he? George Clooney. He played the son of a comedian. Well, there you go. Everybody starts somewhere. You got to start somewhere. He was on, remember, he was on Facts, Facts, of, Facts life. of Life. Yeah. yeah. This was, well, probably around the same time. Or yeah. Maybe before or after. I after, know. I think, a little bit. I think the Facts of Life was before. It was still on in 87. Yeah. But I, I don't just, know if George Clooney was on I think it he yet. was. I think he, he was, was on, on it. He was on the end of Facts of Life. I know. I think he was. They were in that store. Yeah. Thursday, March 19th, 1987, Jim Baker resigned as host of the PTL Club. Oh, yeah, I remember this. The Praise the Lord Club. After a scandal involving former Secretary Jessica Hahn. And he paid her for the money that the people were giving him yeah. to her. After the disclosure of a payoff to Hahn, mm-hmm. Baker resigned from PTL. Although he acknowledged that he met Hahn in a hotel room in Clearwater, Florida, he denied raping her. In late March 1987, Baker was succeeded as PTL head by Jerry Falwell. Mm-hmm. The club's the club's fundraising activities between eighty four and eighty seven were reported by the Charlotte Observer, eventually leading to criminal charges against Baker. Yes, Baker and his PTL associates sold one thousand dollar lifetime memberships, entitling buyers to buy an. Um, That'd be a funny. Entitling buyers to an annual three night stay at a luxury hotel at Heritage USA during that period. According to the prosecution, at Baker's fraud trial, tens of thousands of memberships were sold, but only one 500-room hotel was ever finished. That would be a funny... And he just kept all the money. It'd be a funny Halloween costume to go as Jim and Tammy Faye. Jim and Tammy Faye. And she had that mascara going down her yeah. cheeks. Like, Around, to do that now would be funny because nobody would know what the hell you were. Although in Charlotte, it might be... It's, I think it's a touchy subject still because it happened here. Really? I yeah. mean, is people still don't realize that I was he was at, a cr- criminal? No, I just think they're just like embarrassed because there's probably a lot of people that were members and that are around here. That oh, loved that's him. true. You know what I mean? It's like Elevation Church. Yeah. I mean, same thing. It is. But there's people around here that I was at the at where this was. Um, one of the improv groups they they practice at. Oh, really? What used to be this? It's yeah. a new church now, but uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. That is weird. Yeah. So the, the payoff was for the silence of Jessica Hahn, who alleged that Baker and Pastor John Wesley Fletcher drugged and raped her. They probably did. 
Well, they probably did. They were real bad people. Yeah. Ugh. Scary. Well, and Jerry Fallon, my grandpa used to love him. Oh, yeah. Old guys. Old people loved him. Yeah. But he was awful, too. Well, then two days later, mm-hmm. Club Nouveau takes over the Billboard charts with Lean On Me. Oh, yeah. Their, their pop their The pop, pop version of Lean On Me. Of Lean On Me. Yep. We yeah. be jam on. We be jam on. All right. Yes. We be jam on. Remember, everybody had T-shirts that said, we be jamming. <laughs> we be jamming. <laughs> People had the dumbest T-shirts like in the 80s. Magnets. There were a lot of magnets that said, we be jamming. Yes. People would buy them. People were, had a lot of sayings on T-shirts in the 80s. Yep. We be jamming. I have a shirt after a commercial. It says, where's the beef? Where's the beef shirts? Spud McKenzie yep. shirts. Yeah. Okay. Then on Sunday, March 29th, 1987, mm-hmm. tempers flared and and it culminated in the World Wrestling Federation's WrestleMania three in the Pontiac Silverdome in Pontiac, Michigan. This event was attended by over 90,000 people and set mm-hmm. an all-time indoor attendance record that stands to this day. Okay. Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant in the main event. Their tempers flared and Hulk Hogan defeated Andre the Giant, becoming the first wrestler to ever defeat Andre the Giant. What? He was undefeated for 15 years. Okay. Hulk Hogan beat him for the belt. He, he could beat him. him for real, though. I don't think if they were really wrestling. Andre the Giant was this. At this time, though, Andre superhuman, was old as hell. But they He's always said, giant, though. They always said in wrestling, when you wrestled Andre, and you were supposed, if you were supposed to win, you didn't really know if you'd be able to or not, because Andre would just do what he wanted. Yeah. Like if Andre liked you, he would let you win. Yeah. But even though it was scripted. That he was supposed like, to, he would do what he wanted. Yeah, everybody knew Andre can just beat the shit yeah. out of you if he wants to. Yeah. So whether he's not, he's going to follow it or not, we don't know. Okay. One time he pooped all over Bad News Brown. No, he did not. <laughs> he did. No, he <laughs> did not. Yeah, Bad News Brown, he pooped all over him. He had diarrhea and he pooped all over him. On, like, on the TV? No, it was like in Japan or something. And he, uh, oh. he just, he knew he had to shit and he didn't care. And he just like. What? Bad News Brown was in the corner and he like just like. Push his butt up against no. the door and, and poop went fl- like diary went flying out of his that's disgusting. trunks all over bed. His brown, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> what? Well, big wrestling that's enthusiast. insane. Yeah, <laughs> diary everywhere. Under the giant's poop all over. Oh, like, gross. <laughs> that's great. Uh, but back to WrestleMania three. Disgusting. Uh, <laughs> I've never the, heard of anything like that. The, the Hulk Hogan versus Andre was the main event, but. Uh, what is widely considered the greatest wrestling match in all of history also happened at this event, and it's Ricky the Dragon Steamboat against Randy the Macho Man Savage okay. for the Intercontinental title. Okay. And uh, Steamboat wins, but it's one of the greatest matches ever oh, of all okay. time. It's like the best match. Like when you say, what's the greatest match in history? Savage, Steamboat. Really? WrestleMania, 1987. Okay. It was a great match. Well, I don't know what For makes the a great match. Champion. Oh, it was just back and forth and exciting and lots of moves and just okay. lots of action. You know, because a lot of a lot of wrestlers, like old fat guys, like for twenty minutes they'll be in a headlock. You know, oh. they just sit there in a headlock and just yeah. catch their breath, do a couple moves, and then another in a figure, another in a leg lock, another in an arm bar. Okay, but this was like exciting and jumping. And Randy Savage jumped off the top ropes all the time. So Ricky, action. Ricky Steamboat jumped off the top ropes. A lot of high flying. So if you're trying to get into wrestling, <laughs> like anybody watch would, this on the WWE, like anybody network. would try to get into wrestling. Um, and just for a moment, just let me just say, this is a spot where an advertiser could pay us, but somebody like the WWE network. I subscribed, and I love watching old school wrestling. 
Uh, sometimes I can watch up-to-date pay-per-views, but I get to watch. Yep. I was just watching the Survivor Series from 1987. It was very entertaining. I get to watch this again uh, thanks to the WWE Network. Subscribe now at WWE.com. Honey, we're not getting paid by them. <laughs> That's free advertising. It's just, a, it's just so people can hear how an ad would sound on American timelines. All right. I think you're giving away the goods there. An idiot. No, I'm an idiot. Then Tuesday, March 31st, 1987, the Tuesday after WrestleMania, mm-hmm. after two and a half seasons, David and Maddie had sex on TV's Moonlighting. Okay. Losing the sexual attention. Then the audience stopped watching the show. They probably did. Uh, at this point, Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepard were barely speaking to each other. Oh, they really? Like, they, yeah, they didn't like each other. Oh, that was probably hard. Yeah, but this kind of was but like... they had good chemistry together. Yeah, this uh, sort of was the blueprint for all TV. Everybody was like, we can't have the stars have sex. Yeah, because... The two, the sexual tension is what people want to see. Yeah, so then after that, that's why probably like Mulder and Scully never... No, they did at the very end. At the end, because they knew it was over, maybe. Yeah. And some of them, like on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Andy and uh, the girl got yeah. together, and I was like, oh, this, what, do they want the show to end? And then, they, so they just got married, and the show got canceled, like, immediately. Oh, so yeah, that's right. I guess they're bringing it back, but... I don't know how long it'll last, because once you do that, yeah, you're Sam done. and Diane, that's the other thing. Sam and Diane, yep. the they had to have Shelley Long left, so which we'll get to. That's right. Saturday, April 4th, 1987, a new number one song on the Billboard charts, Starship. We built this in. No, we did that already. Oh, we did. I don't know what it is then. I hate, I don't like Starship. Nothing's gonna stop oh, us Oh, that's right. Now. And we if can build this ship together. Yeah. Nothing's gonna stop us. Nothing's gonna stop us All right. now. Alrighty. Whoa, whoa, you know what movie this was too? Mm, I remember it was a movie, but I can't remember which one. One of the greatest movies of all time. What? Mannequin. Oh, okay. Oh, man. It was one of the greatest oh, movies of After all time. I saw Mannequin, oh, I just... I think we talked about this. I wanted that to be real so bad. Yes. Every time I was in a mall, I would just stare at the mannequins like, please come to life. Please come to life. It's bizarre. And, it and, really is. And be my girlfriend. <laughs> like you can just, just weird. Like, well, but then you just get a free girlfriend. Like, you don't have to work at earning a girlfriend. You can just have one that right. came to life and loves you because. I just think that's bizarre. Mannequins are hot. You ever look at a mannequin? They are hot. They got great they bodies. They, they, no. <laughs> but some of them don't the, have heads. The mannequins nowadays would not would not go with a movie like that because they're not like they don't, they do, don't have heads they either. don't even have heads yeah, yeah. so that would be it wouldn't well it wouldn't it's work. almost better they used to have all those life like as lifelike as possible yeah. and they were real creepy looking because they, they would put wigs on them yeah, and they stuff. were and they changed the wigs and yeah stuff. they yeah, changed weird. In, in, now they're just like plastic like black plastic yeah sometimes or, but there's a have you ever heard of the uncanny valley no but i sometimes prefer my the unca- girlfriends without heads the uncanny valley is a um it it's this theory that the more lifelike something that's not alive like an android or animatomic yeah the more lifelike they are the creepier it is to to look at that's called the uncanny valley it's like they okay. have to be if it's a robot for example it right. can't look like the it, more it should look like r2d2 yes the more because the more it looks like a human the more creeped out i'll say c3po is creepier than r2d2 and that's i don't know why beep, i started beep, thinking beep, of that beep, beep. with the mannequins but Maybe maybe that's why they changed them because they were Kim Cattrall was hot though. They were so creepy looking. They probably had to change it because after this movie, dudes are probably fucking all the all the mannequins and I don't stores. think that happened. I, I'm sure. But I, I remember there was a um there was a consignment store 
from down when we were in Cape Girardeau. Yeah. And so they had all these old mannequins that they must have got them free or something, but they would be like chipped up because they were flesh colored. I mean, everything. They had fake eyelashes. They were flesh colored, but oh, they were like chipped up and be missing an arm. And they would be kind of like just frozen in this weird, like, and they had this weird Where, smile in the department and, store yeah in the consignment store and oh. they would be like half floating off the ground and we were like it looked so it was like salem's lot or something walking by the huh. window it's like ew weird it was weird well um this song back to the nothing's gonna stop us yeah grace slick was 47 when that came out she became the oldest woman to have a number one single in the Good u.s uh but that record was later broken by shares believe in 1999 she you was 52. That's when the gay guys got a hold That's of her. That's right. <laughs> it is. Shot to superstardom. Saturday, April 18th. Mm-hmm. Um, Starship is overtaken by a song. And I asked you this the other day. I'll see if you still know. Do you know who sings this song? I knew you were waiting for me. Um, I knew you were waiting. I don't remember who sings it, no. Uh, you're going to be surprised. See if you can tell by hearing it. So 80s sounding. Oh my god. Oh, it's Aretha Franklin and George Michael? Yeah. I shouldn't realize that. Yeah, Aretha Franklin and George Michael. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. The video, he's like watching her on a video screen with his leather jacket. And his watching sunglasses. Aretha Franklin? Yeah. That's she's like putting on her lipstick and stuff. That's weird. Yeah, it's odd. It's a weird, odd pairing. Like, I remember that song, but I don't at all remember that those two did, did a, anything did together. Did a song together, yeah. I knew you were waiting for me. It's yeah, weird. that's crazy. I feel like that was to a movie too, but I didn't write that down. Could be. And then Sunday, April 19th, 1987, Princess Diana on live TV shook the hand of an AIDS patient without wearing gloves. Challenging the yeah. belief that AIDS could not be passed or could be passed. Challenging the belief that AIDS could be passed via contact. Yeah, yep. the act was seen as a huge moment for those suffering with the disease. And remember when I said she did a lot of good things when we were talking about the nineties when she died? Yeah. No. It, I don't remember you saying that. You, yeah, she in did. In fact, I think I probably said that and you were but that was, that was that great. some of the stuff kind of But that's a great thing. Do. Yeah, that's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was real great then. Yeah. And then Friday, May 1st, 1987, Gary Hart, mm-hmm. a Democrat, abandoned his 1988 campaign for U.S. president. Because he had an affair. After details of his alleged affair with Donna Rice became That's public. Right. Prior, he challenged reporters to follow me around, as they did. Follow me around. Go ahead. Follow yeah. me around. And then they found out he was having an affair that way? Yeah. And they said, I was watching a Barbara Walters special that was from 87 was yeah. about that. And they were saying, like, he, this was, like, the first one that reporters were like, mm-hmm. no, we're going to call you out because he even went to them and and yeah you know because they were you know reporters would get in bed and follow yeah people running for president and he was like hey you're gonna see a lot of women coming in and out uh just keep that down don't report that and be quiet oh because that's what jfk used to do i guess yeah. that's what everybody every yeah. other politician until gary hart yeah i mean they're all just doing that yeah you know you know that right I mean, he's just one who got caught so but he so he did that just say hey you're gonna see this just ignore it yeah don't say anything and, of course, they were like, no, this is their first time. They just, we're going to report good. this. Yeah. And it was like coming off the heels of the Nixon stuff, I think. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, you know what? Those reporters made it big. Those ones that caught Nixon. That's and right. So we're going to – we can't do this anymore. Uh, That's good. Yeah. So 
but he i mean everybody was like this guy's definitely gonna be president like he's gonna be the oh, next really? president for sure like yeah. everybody was until that happened because he was yeah. good looking and he was like yeah. he was like bill clinton you know he was like uh bill clinton is not good looking banging everybody well comparatively i guess compared to newt gingrich that's and, true and trump and dick cheney yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Com- compared to giant piles of feces exactly he's, he's really attractive uh on saturday may 2nd 1987 a new number one song in the billboard chart cutting mm-hmm. crew remember the group cutting crew sort of it's so 80s i totally forgot about it until cutting crew i don't remember ah, i just died in your oh they sing that tonight. must have been something you said remember um saturday night live did a thing walk away walk away do you remember that Sarah Ant Live did, did it? Uh, it must have been something you said. It was like um, somebody it was like Jimmy Fallon. Then that was the only part they would sing. Oh, because it's all they knew. Yeah, <laughs> yep, that's right. Um, well, those are, those are words. I just died in your arms. Came to the guy who wrote it while he was having sex with his girlfriend. There's a French phrase: la petite, la petite morte. La, la petite morte. Is that how you say it? I'm pretty sure. Or the little death, being a metaphor for orgasm. Okay. So he wrote that down, and then you died in your arms. He had an orgasm, basically. Okay. He was thinking that I was banging his girlfriend, and then became a number one. And then it became a Saturday Night Live skit. Yep, it sure did. And then on Thursday, May 7th, 1987, Musty TV on NBC, this was Shelley Long's last Cheers episode. Oh. She decided to leave Cheers. Because Kirstie Alley comes on, right? Yeah, later the next season. But she left at the at the height. Like, Cheers oh, was super popular. This, yeah. Yeah, it was only five years in. Yeah. Uh, and it was super popular like it wasn't popular at the beginning it was getting super it was like the yeah. top show number one show all the time i wonder why she left was like, what the hell are you doing yeah uh so she said she she didn't want to keep doing the same thing every day she didn't yeah. want to get stale and she was like i just it's the same formula same thing every, every day yeah the same thing it's like sam and diane are hot for each other nothing yeah. ever happens and they can't really do it it's like she was just she said i want to do something different and like word was that she wanted to be in movies and mm-hmm. and she was the star and just like yeah you know leave and do things better but then she did like what money pit or yeah, something stupid like movies terrible movies yeah but she wasn't that what was good about cheers either like right she, it I wasn't did, about her. nobody cared that she i don't think no. it, many people cared when she left i remember when she left i thought it wouldn't survive i guess you can't have that because the whole thing is sam chasing diane yeah but she when i look back on it she was she wasn't that like good. annoying. Yeah, she, she was, was annoying, annoying character. Like from she, the beginning, yeah. she was just a know-it-all. She didn't yep. really. She wasn't that cute. I mean, she was just kind of right. But back then in the eighties, but she's totally also eighties. Like yeah, everyone loved uh, the real skinny, like just f- flat, no mm-hmm. curves, like no no shape at all. She was yeah. just like a, a line. She was yeah. like a straight line. But everybody loved that. Like everybody wanted skinny as possible. Yeah, no boobs, no butt, just skinny and blonde. Yeah. That's all anybody wanted. And that's what she was. And so yeah. everybody loved her. But uh, but she was real annoying and stuff. Like when yeah, I watched back to her, like, she's, she really she's like, ugh. Uh, so I'm more of a Carla, <laughs> I guess. But anyway, she left the show and uh, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of people thought, is this going to work? What's going to happen? And so what they, how they did it was um, the first episode of Cheers, how she gets there is mm-hmm. that Sumner is her husband that she's about to get married to this professor who's about to leave his wife and shelly long is yeah in the okay. first episode of cheers in 82 and he leaves her at the bar and he's like i'll be right back i'm gonna go break it off with my wife and then you oh write, and then he doesn't come and back write, and he never comes back and so she's she was like his uh, teaching assistant from yeah. the university or something yeah. he's some hoity-toity professor and so he never comes back so she has no choice but to become a waitress at the bar <laughs> he left her in <laughs> and, and he, yeah and wait for him to come back and so she's trapped in a bar 
Uh, and then she, you know, falls in love with Sam, and finally they are getting together. And then in this episode, that she's her last one, they're about to get married, Sam and Diane. They decide oh. to get married in the bar. And throughout the episode, there's all these flash, like these, not flashbacks, but uh, Sam's having these daydreams of what they're going to be like when, mm-hmm. they're, when they're married. Uh, and they're old, and they play them I old. I do like remember that. Yep. Sam and like, Cliff and, and Norm come in as old they're people. All old. They're all in age makeup. And Sam feels bad because, oh, the Sumner comes back, uh, who was from the first episode, and he says, oh, I submitted some of your writing uh, to a publisher uh, oh. just just for the hell of it. And you don't have to come with me, but you can be rich and famous and be a writer if you leave Sam right now, and uh, these publishers are going to mm-hmm. publish your book. But she was like, oh, I can't. I have to have one or another. I either get married and yeah. never write again or I leave and become a writer. <laughs> Those were the options. Like, like, you can't write if you're married. You, you so, can't do both. Yeah, I have to have – because once you get married, you have to have kids immediately and you can't write. That's so dumb. So, yeah, it's ridiculous and kind of stupid. But Sam's just like, you know what? You need to go do your thing because I'm holding you back. You don't want to just get married to be a dumb baseball player. Yeah. So he tells her to leave. And then she says, I'll be right back. I'm just going to go for six months and I'll come back. And we'll get married and blah, blah, blah. And then – and then uh, Kirstie comes Alley comes by. Comes yeah. In. And then on Thursday, May 7th, mm-hmm. on the Cosby Show, the family goes to Hillman to meet Denise's friends on A Different World, which is a spinoff that right. year. Right. And this was the number one show, Cosby Show was that year. Mm. And Claire sings in the Hillman Choir while everyone looks on in wonder. And Bill Cosby rapes a bunch of people. Yep, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All I can do anytime I watch old clips is like, oh, he's in, he's somewhere yep, he's raping in the somebody. back raping everyone. Just I wonder if he, out raping him. I wonder we talked about like Felicia Rashad, Felicia or Rashad. Lisa I Bonet. I don't think he, I don't think he did that with them. Yeah, I don't think he'd be that stupid. I think he did it to people he thought were, yeah, were, would, he, were nobodies. Away. Yeah, were nobodies, and they had no leg to stand on, and they had no power, and no like. He, Although, um, who was it? Beverly D'Angelo's or D'Angelo? Beverly D'Angelo. Yeah, he or, did that to her. Wait a minute. Is that her name? She's the mom and No, 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 no. Vacation? Who, what's the name of it? She's a black uh, model. She's gorgeous. I can't oh, remember. Um, Beverly something. I don't think it's Beverly. I think it's Beverly something. But it was either her or it was Naomi Campbell. No, Naomi Campbell's too young. No. There, it was, there was one famous really? person that said that he did that. Huh, I don't know. Or tried to. Oh, I don't remember. I kind of, yeah. this kind of sounds familiar. But anyway, he's a horrible rapist. Yes, um, he is. And then Saturday, May 16th, a new mm-hmm. number one song by U2. Mm. You know another number song, number one song? Sunday Bloody Sunday or something? With or without Oh, yeah. You. That with one. or without you. Now, that one in the streets have no name kind of sounds very similar. With or without you, well, the streets have no name. Yeah. With or without you, well, the streets have no All of our songs sound just the yeah, same. Yeah, they kind of do. I think they do. That's why I didn't like them. Yeah. Sorry, I still don't. I try. I'm trying. I just don't like it. Yeah. Wednesday, May. You know, you can't just make yourself like hot dogs. No, it's true. Wednesday, May 20th, 1987, <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop 2 came out. It was the number two song, two movie of the year, I think. Okay. Tony Scott, the director, and Bridget Bridget Nielsen. Mm-hmm. Tony Scott and Bridget Nielsen had an affair during filming. Oh, really? Did you know that? No. Boom. Now you know it. I guess I didn't remember she was in that but I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen it. I don't, I don't seen think I've it. seen any of the Beverly Hills Cop I movies. saw the first one but I've never seen it. You did? Mm-hmm. Do you ever call it BHC? No. And then on Sunday May 24th 1987 Kenneth James Parks was a married 23 year old Canadian man with a five month old daughter 
Yeah. He had a very close relationship to his in-laws. Uh, and his, especially with his 42-year-old mother-in-law, Barbara Ann Woods, she referred to him as her gentle giant. The summer before the controversial events, he developed a gambling problem and fell in, into deep financial problems. To cover his losses, he took funds from his family savings and then began to embezzle at work. Eventually, in March 1987, his actions were discovered and he was fired from his job. Mm-hmm. On May 20th, he went to his first Gamblers Anonymous meeting. He made plans to tell his grandmother the following Saturday and his in-laws on Sunday about his gambling problems and financial difficulties. In the early morning hours of May 24th, 1987, Parks reportedly got up from his bed, still asleep, drove roughly 23 kilometers to his in-law's home, and broke in, assaulted his father-in-law, Dennis Woods, and stabbed his mother-in-law to death. Oh, my God. After all this, he managed to drive himself to the police station. Aside from a few isolated events, the next thing he could recall was being at the police station asking for help, saying, I think I've killed some people. My hands. Park's only defense was that he was asleep during the entire oh my incident God. and was not aware of what he was doing. Naturally, nobody believed it. Even sleep specialists were extremely skeptical. Oh, wow. Skeptical. However, after careful investigation, the specialists could find no other explanation. His EEG readings were highly irregular, even for a parasomniac. This combined. What's a parasomniac? Uh, somebody who sleeps too all much? The time, yeah, it must maybe? be. Like an insomniac doesn't yeah. sleep? Might. Maybe you're a parasomniac. You do what? a lot of sleeping. Um, this, this combined with the facts that there was no motive, that he was amazingly consistent in the stories for more than seven interviews, despite re- repeated attempts to, of trying to lead him astray. Yeah. Did the timing of the events fit perfectly with the proposed explanation and that there's no way to fake EEG results Yeah. led to a jury acquitting Parks of the murder of his mother-in-law and attempted murder of his father-in-law. Oh, my God. The Supreme Court of Canada upheld the acquittal in the 1992 decision. R versus Parks. So, but then what's to prevent that from happening again? Him <laughs> killing somebody else? In his sleep, yeah. He's got this sleep issue. Yeah, I, I sleep so, murder. I sleep oh, murder. hey guys, uh, don't worry about me at the <laughs> camp out. I, I sleep murder sometimes. Yeah. Uh, well, just, try, just tie me down. I went to bed. I just sleep murder. That's all I do. I mean, yeah. what's to prevent it from happening again? If they, I know I understand the acquittal part of it, which it's crazy, Who but knows? that maybe doesn't he's, solve maybe the problem. He's, maybe he's got a... Maybe he does other things. Do you think his wife forgave him? Oh my god! What if I just killed your mom? Oh, like would yeah. you still stay with me? And like, no, I don't think. No. What if it was in my sleep? I know. I don't know. That's bizarre. I just go to the bathroom. In my sleep, sleep murder. I just get up and go to the bathroom, and I sometimes don't remember. Yeah. You, you used to tell me I would sleep rap. You did. You slept rap. I would sit up and rap. Yep. I'm a I'm a hip hop genius. <laughs> Sunday, that same day as that murder. That's bizarre. Uh, actor and personality Mr. T angered the residents of Lake Forest by cutting down more than 100 oak trees on his estate. Mm-hmm. The incident was called the Lake Forest Chainsaw Massacre. So, he did what did it. he do? So he he moved into Lake Forest, which is yeah. a rich suburb. He was not too successful, had money, and he cut down a bunch of trees. It was okay. like a really foresty area, yeah. and the neighbors were pissed. I guess so. Yeah, and he just laughed about it. But he did it. He said he did it because he had the allergies. He had really bad allergies. So he moved trees. into a foresty place yeah. and then decided to just mow it down. Just get rid of all the trees. Yeah, people were very mad at him, but he just thought he didn't care. He laughed and said, I can do what I want. Yeah. And I guess he did have like a giant T, metal T he wanted to put on his fence, and it was not approved by the oh, HOA or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. He couldn't do that, but, but he cut down all the trees. Yeah, people got mad at him. 
And then he was on Conan, and Conan like threw a bunch of fake trees at him. (laughs) (laughs) I eat trees. I love Conan. Yep. Sunday, May 31st, 1987, that was the end of the Stanley Cup Finals. It was finished. The Edmonton Oilers and the Philadelphia Flyers. The Oilers won the series 4-3 for their third Stanley Cup victory, honey. And why do we care? Because um, Ron Hextel was the MVP, and he played for the losing team, the Flyers. Ron Hextel was a goalie. I still don't understand why we care about it. Ron Hextel. Ron Hextel is the hockey goalie. (laughs) You love goalies. And then Saturday, June 6, 1987, Kim Wilde takes over the number one spot on the Billboard chart. Remember Kim Wilde? No. You don't? Nope. You keep me hanging on. Get out, get out. Oh, yes. No, I remember. Did a remake. It was a remake. Just using me. Yep. I don't remember that name, but I remember that song. Yeah, okay. June 13th. Mm-hmm. No, June 12th, 1987. Yep. Tear down the Mr. Gorbachev. Oh, yeah. Tear down this wall. Yes, right. Is a line from a speech made by U.S. President Ronald Reagan in West Berlin on June 12, 1987, calling for the leader of the Soviet Union, Mikhail Gorbachev, to open up the barrier which had divided West and East Berlin since 1961. Why did. No, this might be a stupid question. Mm-hmm. Why was Russia involved in that? Was East Berlin. Run by Russia or something? I know it was communist or something, right? Saturday, June 13th. <laughs> you don't know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm completely ignorant about all that. Yep. I, don't, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, guess I, I thought you were looking. Do some research. I don't know. June 13th, 1987. The number one song on the Billboard chart was Atlantic Star. Another band I don't remember the name of. Always. Okay, we'll try this one too. Actually, I wrote down the lyrics again. This is another song that, what is this song? Once you hear it, you'll know mm-hmm. it. But you won't know it from the way I sing it. No, I won't. All that a woman should be, and I dedicate my life to you. Always. Nope. Ooh, I like the sun, chasing all of the rain away. Nope. <laughs> This one's oh, the, I do kind of remember. Part at the end. For always. Something like that. Ooh, you're like the sun. But then Sunday, June 14th, 1987, the Western Conference champion Los Angeles, Los Angeles Lakers mm-hmm. defeated the Eastern Conference and defending NBA champion Boston Celtics four games to two. All righty. The key moment of the series, babe, came when Magic Johnson's junior skyhook came in game four. Yeah. This was the 10th time that the Celtics and Lakers met in the NBA Finals, more than any other NBA Finals matchup. It would be the Celtics' last Finals appearance appearance until the two teams met in 2008. Boring. Magic Johnson was MVP? Yep. This was the first NBA Championship Series conducted entirely in the month of June. Who cares? <laughs> you don't care? Who the fuck cares about that? Well, it was also the first NBA final series to be conducted on a Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday rotation, which was in use until 1990 right. and revived since the 2004 it's finals. so boring. You don't care about that? No. Nobody does. You don't care about the rotation? No. June 20th, 1997. It was a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Lisa, Lisa, and Cult Jam oh. took over the number one chart. Uh, As you watch this video, this... Is the culmination of eighty? Like this, is just we say that about everything, though. Yeah, but this video can't live. Like I was earlier, what I was saying at the beginning of the thing, it's like this song, 
all of Lisa Lisa and Cult Jam. It can't exist in any other any other era, any other decade. Yeah, it's just eighties. It's yeah. complete with the feathered hair, mm-hmm. like nothing on the sides, yeah, around the ears and back, and it's just the whole video is just like yeah. There's like big red, triangles, red of, triangles yeah. hanging down, neon triangles everywhere, and yeah. Um, but you remember the song Head to Toe? Checkerboard patterns. Um, I wanna love you from yes. head to toe. I wanna love you from head to toe. Today started with okay. a crazy kiss. We're not gonna be singing. On our way home. No, we're not gonna be singing again like that. We were in no. for a surprise. Who would have known? Ooh, baby, I'm so glad that I you. I think I love you from I'm, head I'm to so toe. glad that you've started writing the lyrics down for all these, so you can sing entire. I'm writing the song. lyrics down so I can remember how. Otherwise, I'll have to look it up. Ooh, no, baby, you're writing the lyrics down so you can you sing from head to the toe. entire thing that you wrote down. I want to love you from head to toe. What's next? Saturday, June 27th. That's just a, a week after that one was the first song. We got a new number one song by Whitney Houston. Okay. Oh, um, I want to dance with somebody. Yes. Was it? How'd you know that? I think I saw. I, I want to poop I on somebody. Saw it on an 80s. With um, somebody who loves me. And this video is one that I think I did. She's beautiful. Yeah, she's so gorgeous. I mean, she was, like I said. We've talked about she it She was Beyonce. Like this video, more than anything, is like, oh my God, that's Beyonce. That's like a. Yeah. That's like an original Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Beyonce was a little more fuller figured and more. Well, and Beyonce can dance a Beyonce lot more really than dance, Whitney yeah. ever did. And so Deon- Whitney yeah. never really was a dancer. She danced a little, but yeah, yeah you're right. Beyonce could can do everything, <laughs> and she's like gorgeous. unbelievably gorgeous. Yeah. Like you almost can't look at Beyonce; she's so yeah. pretty. Like you're almost just that's like, how Whitney Houston was. Whitney Houston was super pretty too, mm-hmm. but Beyonce is like, I just, I you just can't even look at her. Like, yeah, her, like she's she is too perfect. Like she she's is. A perf- she's not. She can't be human. No, she's an alien. Said. They're aliens. She's unbelievably beautiful. Mm-hmm. Beyonce is. Whew. Yep. Man, but I I like you better. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I really like you more, babe. But Beyonce, oh God. Uh, I want to dance with somebody, but that song uh, sucks. Yes, that's a terrible song. It is a bad song. Uh, I want to feel the heat with somebody. That's terrible. It's a terrible video too. But she is beautiful in it. Mm-hmm. But she's got this blonde hair and this big mm-hmm. poofy stuff. It's early eighties. And then I think you have July seventh is when you. Okay, and so you're going to tell us about something on July 7th, aren't you? July 9th. Oh, well, you gave me the wrong date. Oh, I apologize. Well, I think that's what it said. It's um, it's a. I have to preface, of course. July 9th, yes. So I um in I have two th- big things that I want to talk about. Okay. Um, in 1987, and the first one is um called it's just per, simply called cropsy 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 and it um was an urban legend for a long time and uh it was like staten island in new york city it was he was like the boogeyman he was rumored to be a homicidal madman cropsy was the name of a person yeah a rumored to be a homicidal madman an escape mental patient with a hook for a hand who hunted children and dragged them back to the abandoned ruins of the old seaview hospital a former tuberculosis sanitarium um, parents would use Cropsy to warn their children to be good. Be good, Cropsy, or Cropsy yep. will come. Yep. Older siblings would tell Cropsy stories at night to terrify brothers and sisters. But then in the 1970s, Cropsy started to come to life in the form of an actual homicidal madman who really did hunt children. Mm. And his name was Andre Rand. Um, 
Rand worked as a janitor at the Willowbrook State School in Staten Island. Um, it was an institution for developmentally disabled children. Hmm. In 1972, it was revealed to be a living hell. And Geraldo Rivera was really young in 72. Mm-hmm. He went, he made he his... He lived there? He, no, he made his name... <laughs> he made his name that year because he did an expose oh, he broke rev- out he did oh. an expose revealing the horrific conditions oh, well, good for him. inside and it ignited a national scandal and there's it there's footage of i mean it's just these rooms with these children yeah. with no clothes on just sitting all over the floor and there's oh it's just well and that's like not animals. the only that's not the only place no i know that. i mean that's a, that, that was, was the very, norm that was how people with disabilities were treated yes back in the days maybe not in 87 but like right for years that's what yep. you did you just they were animals. Yep. So oh, man. it um op- the institution operated until 1987 when questionable conditions and medical practices led to its closure. But between the early 1970s and the closing of Willowbrook State School in 1987, several young girls went missing. Mm. On July 10th, 1972, like girls with disabilities or not? Some of them. Okay. Um. What what time? July 10th, 1972. Oh, okay. Nine-year-old Alice Pereira disappeared in her neighborhood just a few miles southeast of Willowbrook. Um, as he had already served 16 months in prison for the abduction of a nine-year-old girl, Rand, Rand was the prime suspect. However, there wasn't enough evidence to, convince, to, to convict him in the case of Pereira. In July 5th, 1981, seven-year-old Holly Ann Hughes went missing too. Her parents filed a missing person report and several witnesses reported seeing the girl with Rand. In 1983, he picked up 11 children from a white, local YMCA in a school bus and, and they all just took him to White Castle. Went with him? Yeah. And he took him to White Castle. Where were their parents he, and I don't, guardians? I don't know. I guess they were there with a function of some sort. And, and like, he oh, just go ahead and get on that bus. With a janitor. Um, oh, he takes them all to White Castle and then takes them to the Newark airport for five hours. He came back and got arrested. And then 12 days later, he w- there was a girl named, um, it was an 11-year-old girl named Tahis Jackson. Maybe it was a boy. I can't remember. Um, and that was in that was twelve days after he did the the school bus ride, and Tahis Jackson and disappeared. And then 1984, um, there was 21 year old Hank Garafario disappeared from this area. So, it, but it was the disappearance of the 12 year old Jennifer Schweiger that finally nailed Rand. Rand Schweiger, who was born with Down syndrome, was reported missing on July 9th, 1987. Uh, the same night that Scarecrow and Mrs. King reruns were on. But there was a new episode of the Days and Nights of Molly Dodd. I don't remember that show. You don't remember Molly Dodd? No. Um, after a search that lasted 35 days, Schweiger's body was found in a shallow grave on the property of the former Willowbrook State School. Oh, no. Um, and then they found a little bit away from that, where they found her, they found that Rand had a makeshift campsite there. Oh, no. And he was living in the woods near this, you know, he had, he hadn't. He, he was living in the woods near the state school. Yeah. And so the whole urban legend was true of Cropsey. It's like it came true, kind of, because uh, he was living on the grounds and he was snatching children, just like they would say in the story. So uh, before. Do you think he was trying to become Cropsey? I don't know. We don't. Mm. Before Schweiger's body was found, Rand had already been arrested for her kidnapping. He also repeatedly lied to reporters, saying he'd never met her before. After his defense lawyer learned some witnesses saw him holding the girl's hand and leading her away from her house, Rand changed his story at trial. So um, witnesses saw him leading her towards the woods. Gross. What's his name? Andre Rand. Andre Rand. 
When her body was found, Rand was charged with Schweiger's murder as well. While the jury couldn't come to a verdict on the murder charge, they did convict him of first-degree kidnapping. Though there wasn't enough evidence at the time, Rand was found guilty of Hughes' kidnapping in 2004, over two decades after she went missing. Since there's no statute of limitations in New York for first-degree kidnapping, it was possible to charge and convict Rand. He was given another 25 years to life sentence on top of the one he was already serving. For the kidnappings of Helian Hughes and Jennifer Schweiger, Andre Rand is not eligible for parole until 2037 when he'll be 93 years old. And in 2009, there was a documentary on Netflix that I watched. Oh, yeah, I he's watched gross it a, looking. I watched it a while ago called Cropsey, and it began as an exploration of urban legends based on the missing Staten Island children and morphed into the story of Andre Rand. And somebody, the president of the Friends of Jennifer for Missing Children, which is a volunteer group that still searches Willowbrook's 385 acres twice a year in search of other missing girls, wow. said that she called him the Hannibal Lecter of Staten Island. He terrified a whole community. He still haunts us, is what yeah, she says. Do a quick Google search of that guy. He's, He's creepy. Gross really looking, creepy yeah. looking. So that's a story of Cropsy. Cropsy. He's gross. Yeah. It's but, just interesting that they had this story that there was a somebody living in the woods by yeah. the hospital and that was so it was an urban legend that they thought people just made up out of thin air yeah but it, maybe it was based on that guy like maybe people really saw him yeah maybe it was like, that guy's creepier you know you heard about a kid or just as a coincidence that mm-hmm. i don't think it was a coincidence because he was doing it right yeah years. but i don't know how long cropsy the cropsy legend was around yeah, if it true. was around like long before him or what gross the whole thing is gross and disgusting and awful yeah so let's like cleanse our palate by talking about the new number one song on july okay. 11th 1987 all right. Heart alone. How will I get you alone? Alone. That's a good song. That's a remake. They didn't even originally do it. Oh, really? It was originally a 1983 song uh, by John Stamos and Valerie Stevenson oh, from, you're from kidding. a sitcom called uh, Dreams. What? Or 1984 is when they recorded it. John Stamos. And I listened to it online. The yeah. John Stamos, Valerie, whoever, Stevenson version. Yeah. And you, it just, it's just Valerie Stevenson singing. I don't hear John Stamos at all. Really? It's just a woman singing. It's terrible. Yeah, it's I'm awful. sure. Yeah. Well, um, Heart, those ladies, the voices on them. Yeah, they're unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. So they made it a number one hit. Um, yeah. And then 20 years later, Celine Dion recorded it for Ugh. some reason. But um, Friday, July 17th, 1987, mm-hmm. in responding to why he starred in Jaws the Revenge, which was like the yeah. fourth Jaws, I think, Yeah. Michael Caine said, I have never seen the film, but by all accounts, it was terrible. However, I have seen the house that it built, and it is terrific. Oh, uh-huh. He accepted his role after seeing only the first line of the script, which was, Fade in Hawaii. <laughs> Kane had wanted to shoot a movie in Hawaii for a long time. Yeah. And so he just... He said, okay, I'm he done. He didn't give a shit if no. it's good or not. I don't he blame him. Care. Yeah. It didn't really hurt him. Yeah. It didn't, yeah, was. yeah, he did all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um so That's he, right. He said, I don't give a shit. I That's bought, right. I bought me a nice house. Yeah. Can you imagine guys. doing a movie and having enough money to build your own house? Yeah, just doing one movie, movie. and building yeah. your house. And, and then filming that movie in Hawaii. And oh. then not giving a shit about that movie yeah. and not even seeing it because yeah. you do so many movies that yeah. who gives a shit? I can't imagine that. It's a weird world we live in. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, I think that brings us to the end of episode. And this is 22. This is episode 22. Yep. <laughs> So this is episode. This has been episode twenty-two of American Timelines. Yes. twenty-two episodes. That's you know, crazy. We're only three away from from our 
our goal of 25, which makes it a real podcast. That's what you said. Somebody said, but we have no idea. I think it was somebody a dream you told had. me. I'm pretty sure it was Ryan. Somebody said that. Ryan said he was not him. Oh, he's a liar. Some, <laughs> somebody told me that once you've done 25, it's like you have a now you have catalog. Now, well, no, it's just that it you're more likely to continue doing it. And, yeah. And, and be a podcaster like most oh, yeah. podcasts quit before they get to 25 oh well, that's good yeah and we're not about to do that i don't think so because this is all we have that's keeping our marriage alive right and if we lose this yeah. then we're completely yeah. we're going to get divorced yeah so. yeah and then our parents or our kids our kids will be upset that's right so we better keep going baby so we gotta keep doing this to save the marriage because okay. we have nothing else at all left nope so thank you for listening. There's no, there's and no spark in our marriage left. Talk to us on <laughs> Twitter or Instagram at History for Jerks, right? I just We need to work on our marriage, honey. I all just, right. <laughs> just kidding. Facebook, oh, yeah, American f- Timeline. Yeah, all that crap, whatever. Matt Truman's going to sing a song. Matt Truman's superly talented. And you got to buy his music. It's buy great. It. And, um, Matt Truman ego trip. Uh, thanks, everybody who's listening. I met some uh, f- people I've worked with for a while that I didn't know like podcasts. So I, I think they're listening now. I got them subscribed. Uh, thank you, Leela Board and friends. Um, shout out. American shout Timelines out. for you. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna, we're going to shout out to every listener, every single listener. Uh, we will sh- say your name on here. So go ahead and yep. email Lori us. Wallace actually listened to an episode. She did? Did she, she hate it? I don't know. She said you're funny. So, but she would never tell me if she thought I was. She wouldn't. No, she she. Would Come get, on, Lori, be nice. <laughs> anyway, uh, I love everyone. Yep, we all do. We do. We love you guys. Like we really do. As much as we say things that you know piss you off, we haven't alienated anybody in a while. Telling anybody That's not true. to listen. You you haven't alienated Wait, anybody. In what, a while. I've mean? never ever told somebody not to listen. What? You are the one who always does that. By the way, pick on. I think. Um, El- the elderly, maybe I haven't yeah, really maybe. attacked them at all. Like anybody over, anybody you know, over the age of sixty. Yeah, but that's a couple of our listeners, so I wouldn't. Seventy. No. Um, how about octogenarians? There you go. Hey, you fucking octogenarians! You're not welcome to listen to this podcast, there octogenarians. You if you're an octogenarian, you're listening. Unsubscribe. <laughs> delete the podcast. We yep. don't want you as a listener. That's right. That's right. It's it is right. Yep. And it's time to get on. What about my grandma? She's eighty nine. Could you listen? If she wants. Okay. Let's get out of here, Chuck Berry. Here, Chuck Berry. Get out of here, Chuck Berry. Hey, Chuck Berry. Get out of here. I love you all. American Timelines by History for Jokes, the greatest podcast ever.